BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Podcast. Today we are talking about defenders, specifically the premium defenders that we think are value this year that you should be considering starting your team with. Let's go! Uh, good day and again, welcome to the AFL Fantasy Podcast uh, by the Ball Boys. My name is Mitch Casey, I'm your host, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys Fantasy. and joined once again by Luke Rogerson. How are you, man? Yeah, good, mate. Good, mate. You can find uh, me on Twitter at LukeRogo17. Um, how, are those, uh, how are those Twitter followers going over there? Mate, we're, slow, we're slowly uh, going up. I think we might be like mid-30s now. But, there um, you go. All right. All right. Uh, congratulations to you, actually. Um, you've been followed by one third of the... Uh, the traders. Yeah, yeah. About well, that. well, welcome along, uh, Warney. Uh, if you're listening <laughs> along, mate, good to have you on board. And uh, a few of the other AFL fantasy notables out there reaching out to us, which has been very, uh, very nice. Very good to see that the community's embraced us so far. So, yeah, uh, something that that I wanted to mention to lead off the show was was that it's just been such an awesome community. It's, yeah. I think. What uh, all fantasy coaches want out of out of their content is just different opinions. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. you know matter whether your opinion is different to someone else's. That's all good. It's just all information to then use to pick your team. So everyone's been really supportive so far. Um, Warney hasn't followed me as yet. I think. <laughs> Warney, what's going yeah, on? Yeah, stitch up. I think he must have had a look. He goes oh, thirty five followers. That's, yeah. that's not for me. So, but uh, if anyone can pull some strings and get the warn dog on board, yeah, uh, yep. it would uh, it would just make my year. Maybe maybe we're gonna get you to a certain benchmark, and then and then that's when uh, you'll be worthy. So. <laughs> So uh, let's uh, let's pump Luke up with, with some Twitter followers. So if you're listening Morty. along and you haven't followed Luke Rojo seventeen on Twitter, we'd definitely encourage you to do so. He's uh, he's 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 got some good ideas. He's got some good stats out there that's been uh, it's been floating around. So, uh, but yes, again, welcome to the show, guys. Third uh, podcast uh, of the the new Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Podcast. Today we are starting to get into the nitty and gritty. I'm I'm very excited actually to talk today. We're talking lots of player specific um, things. Yeah. So far, it's been very general. <laughs> Uh, but now we get to uh, now we get to throw out some hot takes out there and That's it, put hey. the money where our mouth is. Yeah, I mean, you guys can't see it, but uh, Mitch is pitching a tent under the table here because <laughs> we're going to talk stats, and, and Mitch absolutely loves stats. So yep. it's uh, yeah, it's going to be a good one. 
Okay. Yeah. Let's. Uh, yeah. So uh, maybe we shouldn't uh, waffle around because I reckon <laughs> I can. Uh, I can go for a little while on some of these blokes. So <laughs> okay, mate. Lead us off. Let's get stuck straight into it. Here We're we talking underpriced premiums in the defenders category. So define so, premiums. Premiums for yeah, us. Yeah. So premiums. Yep. We we've kind of just drawn a line in the sand. Um, uh, we're considering players who are priced at eighty five or above for the defenders. So for me, this was kind of around the range that if you're picking a player around this price range, you want them to be season long picks. Um, these guys are not stepping stones. You want these guys, if you're picking them, you're picking them for the reason that you think that they have a chance to be best six or, yep. or close enough to yep. and they're going to stay in your team for the whole the whole season. Spot so, on. Spot on. Um, 85 was our sort of uh, price tag there. Um, so I think the lowest ranked player that we were considering was Mason Redmond. Um, but anyone there and above, we're considering for this list. So to start us off, uh, underpriced premiums, I'm going to start us off with Angus Brayshaw, who I think is, uh, who is, I think he's an underpriced, uh, premium defender this year. Um, yep. I think that there's a couple of reasons I believe he is. Uh, the first and foremost, I think that he presents himself as value this year, even though he's priced at 99. Uh, I think if you, what's his actual price? He is, oh, I've just, Dropped my, my bundle here. Uh, Angus Brayshaw, 878000 price at 99.2. I think he's value because we saw at the very end of last year him move into that midfield role. And I think that, from what I can tell, that's what Melbourne want him to do, uh, at least early in the season so far. I think that's where he's going to pick up where he left off last year. And I think in that role, he can push that price into the, uh, into the hundreds. And uh, I actually have him going as the second highest defender this season uh, behind a Sam Doherty. I think he can be uh, yeah, the number okay. two ranked High defender. Price. High price. What are, you, uh, what are your thoughts Look, on Brayshaw? Uh, Look, I had Brayshaw. Um, Brayshaw highlighted as one of my undervalued guys as well, so we're off to a good start. <laughs> we've, we've got a match. Good. Good. Um, that's obviously the consideration with him, isn't it? It's where he plays. I think... It, you look at him at valued at 99 and you say he plays in Melbourne's midfield, he's value. Yep. He's going to score more than 99. He's yep. going to average more than 99. So is, is there a world where he gets put back to a halfback flank or, God forbid, put out to a wing... And would you still see him as value if he was in those roles? Or? The wing is the is the role that concerns me. Yeah, I um, agree with that. We've we seen him play well on that halfback when Salem was out for much of the season and he yep. p- picked up and played really well in that role. I still think that the CBA inside midfield position is where he will shine the best. Yep. And I think that's where he's going to have his highest ceiling. But um, considering he's averaged 99 for the season last year, he only went into the midfield for the last... Well, I've got um, here, his last six games of the year, he averaged 60% CBAs. Yeah, so and, that's and a couple of those were finals games as well. So yeah. in terms of the AFL fantasy and the regular season, yeah. uh, only four of those games actually count towards his average. Um, so when you look at that 99 price tag, it's only taken into account four games in, inside the, the CBAs. So is that something, Mitch, straight away that you're bullish on, or is that something that you're going to be keeping an eye on Melbourne? throughout the preseason or what what are your thoughts there? I'm keeping my eye on Melbourne in the preseason. I'm very bullish on it right now because yep. I think I think they liked what they saw. I I also think you can tell that the you can you can see why it happened. Um, yep. with Christian um, uh, sorry with Salem coming back into the team, yep. it also moved Petrarca into playing a bit more of that mid forward like split. Role. You can you can look at if you look at his midfield uh, sort of role in conjunction with a Petrarca's they're very much uh, correlated as as Petrarca went down, 
uh, Brayshaw's minutes in the centre went up. So yeah. you can see in round 23, Christian Prochaka had a, a CBA of 34%, his yeah. season low, and that corresponded with Brayshaw's season high in CBAs in 76. Yeah. I think that's what they want to do a little bit more of. They want Petrarca being that Dustin Martin, Jordan Degoe kind of type. Yeah. And I think that um, I think that, that is good for, for someone like a Brayshaw. Yeah, I couldn't agree um, more with that. And just from a tactical perspective, like you said, you, if you've got a Petrarca in your team, you don't want him playing on the ball the whole time. You want him going forward. You want him kicking goals. So for me, not to diminish um, Brayshaw as a football player because he's an elite footy player, but he can be like a little bit of a Mr. Fix-It in there. He can kind of cover those um, Olivers mm. and Petrarcas as they go forward from a stoppage. He's going to be able to lock it down. Um, you know, He's an elite tackler. He's just like a smart footy player. So I do see his role in the midfield this year. Um, fingers crossed Simon Goodwin sees the same. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's a really good player and... Um, the, the thing about Melbourne as well, they run a really tight midfield and they yeah. have for the last couple of seasons. They are also getting elite service. Um, you've got someone like... Uh You've got someone like uh, Brady Grundy coming to the mix yep, to give them yep. better service from a Ruckman, Max Gorn. You're getting Grundy and Max Gorn yeah, as your Ruckman that... 100% of the game. So, <laughs> If I'm a uh, Melbourne midfielder, I'm pretty you, happy. <laughs> you're licking your lips, right? Yeah. And, and yeah. the other thing, he's never getting tagged. Like You're not tagging him over over Oliver or a Petrarca. That's true. He's just going to roam free, yep. do his things, collect uh, easy marks. He, he had a game where he had 20 marks in, in, a, in, the, in the one game. That was in a half-back role, but you can, you, you know, he has the ability to find space and yeah, get he, those easy plus sixes. He's versatile. Even if he's thrown back there for parts of a game, you don't go, oh, shit, he's back. He's not going to score. Like, he's yeah. still capable. So, I'll put you on the spot. Is he your D1? Are you going to be picking him D1? Uh, at the moment, he's listed as my D1 yeah. defender. I yeah. think that I, I, I've got him in that 105 to 110 range. Okay. I think he does present really good upside. I know that uh, the halfback role is in vogue right now. Players yeah. like Jaden Short, um, you know, uh, didn't do well when moved into the midfield, but I I think that Brayshaw is a different beast. We have, it, we're also not too far removed from players like Callum Mills, Rory Laird, who were defenders back in their day, going to the midfield and really exploding. Now they're yeah. considered premiums in their own midfield line. Easy I think that Brayshaw is. does have that potential as well, and those are really the season-winning uh, picks that you can make. That even though they're of a high price tag, I still think that he has the potential to be number two, or maybe even the number one ranked defender when seasons come. And uh, yeah, I think um, you know, last five average. He averaged 110 points. Yeah. Um, that also includes a couple of games where he wasn't in the midfield. Uh, averaged 60% of CBAs once he made that switch in round 20. Um, and then if you take away just those games, average 106 in those four games as well. So I think that it's not a huge amount of upside, but when you're talking about those high-end guys that are like the, the top six, top two in their line, any bit of value I think is important. Yeah, and, and in think- a line like the defenders where there's there's not huge obvious picks. I yeah. think that that's enough value for me to for me to select him over some of those other guys around the price tag. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And you can fall, I think, into a trap of, of just thinking, oh, I've got to pick value. I've got to pick lots and lots of value. But you could end up, if you go down that road, you could end up in, with a team where you don't have any guys that you're really happy with to score yeah. a big point. So um, here's hoping you're right, Mitch, and um, we'll have our fingers crossed for a, a big Brayshaw season, hey? Yeah, yeah. What, if, if I, so I've put a number, I've got him uh, projected to do 140. Five is sort of my so he's going my five, projection. Five I think that's fairly conservative. Um, he could be as high as one ten, in my opinion. What, what would you if you had to? I'll put you on the spot again. No, uh, no, that's all right. Yeah, look, I, I don't see him going less than ninety nine. 
Yeah. So for me, he's not going less than 99. It's going to be somewhere, I think, between 100 and 105, somewhere in that range. Yeah. Um, but there is that little caveat that it, it is dependent on role. So yeah. but okay. with a lot of these guys, we'll talk about it. A lot of it is dependent on role, but we'll see. Yeah. My turn? Yeah. Return serve. Over to you, mate. Thank you, mate. Appreciate it. Now, this fella is... Um, Somewhat of a polarizing figure in fantasy. He has the potential to go really high, um, but he has some potential for, for disaster as well. Now, also, interestingly, Mitch actually won't be able to pick this guy as of the 15th of March because he's going to have a birthday that ah, takes him over 30. Okay. Does he so, the rule? So I'm interested to see Mitch's thoughts on this one. But this bloke is Tom Stewart. And some people might okay. think, hey, this guy's not undervalued, but I want to just give you a couple of stats to just have a think, a little, a little bit of a think about. So he is averaged at uh, just over 90. I think it's 91, okay? Now, this is a man. This is a man that in the nine games leading up to his suspension, we only had, he had that big four-game suspension this year. So in the nine games leading up to his suspension, guess what he averaged, Mitch? Oh, it was something ridiculous. It was like 106. He's averaged 110 Jeez. in those nine games leading up. Yep. Okay? And that included scores of 169 and yes. 157. Okay? So... This is the third a third highest score in fantasy, I believe. Uh, the the one hundred and sixty nine uh, game. This is a guy that can go big. Yeah. Okay. Silly. So, to me, I look at a season like that and I think, okay, so he's in the nine games, which is a fair span. He's averaged one hundred and ten. He's been suspended for four weeks, and then he's come back. He's trying to find his feet again in the team in a in a team that's making a campaign of finals. Okay. Yep. But normally, you'd say guys coming off a grand final, maybe they're not going to be hungry. Maybe they're not going to, um, you know be out looking to prove themselves. Yeah, I think he's going to have a little bit of a chip on his shoulder next year. I think he's going to be thinking, hey, I missed a fair chunk of the season with a bit of an undisciplined act. I think he's going to be coming out to to prove himself a little bit as well. So he, I mean, most people probably know this, but he plays high time on ground. He's normally around the 90% mark, even higher sometimes. Um, but for me, 90 is unders. If, What's if he price plays, at? So if so we, if price, we at have a at, price at 91. Price at 91. Uh, 836,000. Um, Oh, actually, I've got him here at a price at ninety four point five, so I might have to okay. might have to fact check, check that. that. Yeah, yep. but yeah, eight hundred and thirty six thousand again. Still waiting for that bloody game to open. So. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so we'll some of these up. things might be uh, might be a bit off, but yeah, I think um, he was on my list. Let's let's say okay, that so he was, was on, on my list, list. So we're not like way off. Each I wasn't other. completely cutting him off. He is edging that line of that over thirties rule. If you pick um, him, I'm going to be India, mate, because he turns <laughs> he turns he turns thirty on the fifteenth of March, and if you pick him after that, then I know these rules that the guidelines. Oh, are they, <laughs> yeah, he's, I, ba- he's I, backing out, people. I, I, <laughs> he's backing out. I might have said uh, a rules philosophies. I don't know guidelines. <laughs> let's let's use that. Um, but look, the thing that really intrigues me about him, and and we had this conversation a bit off air the other day. Um, you know, coming from yeah, you're you're obviously um, last year was your first year playing yep, AFL yep. fantasy. You come and you, you see this Tom Stewart bloke coming in, put in 169 points. I think another game where he had 140 or 150. Um, he was always known as that guy prior to last season that was really really consistent, really high floor but never had a ceiling I think his highest I just had a quick look just now but his highest game before last season was 124 um, so not something you consider like uber premium level yep. type ceiling um, but obviously that was proven wrong last year and he was you know had his best season at age 29 pretty much you could say he also um, had an injury affected game uh, where I think he was on on track for a really big score got injured at 44 in uh, round uh, 12 against the Bulldogs, um, and then uh, obviously had the bye the week after, so he didn't miss any actual time. But if you take that score out, he's averaging 97.5. Yep. Um, so right there, there's at least three and a half points of points of upside. Uh, and with a ceiling of 169, he could easily... 
come out and distance himself from the rest in the early parts of the season. My, is that enough uh, upside? Is is the question I suppose that I've, I'll throw back to you? Like, is uh, yeah, my, like if he's priced at ninety four, like we do we want him to go like a hundred plus? I think I think he can go a hundred plus. I mean, we we I say he can go a hundred plus. There's he heaps can. of guys that can go hundred plus. He can. I, I think he will go close to a hundred plus if he has an uninterrupted season. Um, that would mean that, that he's playing the best season he's ever had. So are we are we coming out and predicting that he's going to do that at age thirty? That's the, that's my question. That nine game stretch last year gave me. I, I was a little bit unsure and then I went back and I had a look and I thought this guy's proven over nine games midway through a season right before he's then been suspended for an undisciplined act where he's gone big so I think he's capable there and he's definitely am I saying I'm going to pick him in the team straight away hey not sure but will I be watching him very closely yeah I will be I I personally think that he's value but I don't think he's enough value is is about where I'm I'm considering Tom Stewart I think there's just maybe better options um I think also when you consider the slight change in Geelong's game style, um, a couple of years ago they were really chipping the ball around yeah, a little mark, bit more. Mark dominant. Um, very mark dominant. They're a bit more direct right now. It didn't really seem to affect him last year, but there is just that chance with you know the randomness of scores and, and game, um, uh, sort of the game script, if you will, um, can sometimes maybe negatively affect this guy. A couple of times I remember last season watching him, he might have got stuck on the bench when they were doing those little chip to chip marks to finish out <laughs> the quarters. Isn't that the worst? Don't to you watch? hate that? Um, yeah. So and, and and sometimes he's on there and he's getting the benefit of that. So, and that's also I, I don't love having my players rely on those kind of game script yeah. um, narratives for their scores to really fly. Uh, a player like Mitch Duncan was another player like that who we might talk about later. But he was. I think there was that one game where he racked up fifty points in the last like five or six minutes of yeah, jump time. There's so, another guy I want to talk about that does that occasionally Tom, as well. So. Tom Stewart is a bit like that. So if if I can avoid going for a player like that, I yeah. will and and go for those CBA type. Uh, defenders like uh, an Angus Brayshaw that can do it in the flow of any type of game. Yep. Um, those are my thoughts with Tom Stewart and uh, yeah, and the, the 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 thirty rule. I don't know. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> we'll be keeping a close eye on what you do, Mitch. Do, do you think? Do we'll you think be... he's he's knocking on the door of your team at the moment? Or I think there's there's guys on this list that I'm more interested in. Um, and I actually skipped over a guy on my list that is um, valued higher, I believe. Um, to have a bit of a chat about Tom, but we'll see if this other fella comes up as well. So there's probably three or four guys on this list that I've got here that I'll genuinely consider, um, and it'll come down to what we have a look at in the preseason and, yeah. and um, yeah, how many times I change that team. <laughs> yeah, let's move on to the next one. Let's do it. Um, Who you got? I'm interested to see if you've got this guy on your list because okay. I'm pretty hot on him, and his name is Isaac Cumming. Um, now, could, could you say he's coming into your team? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'll show that myself was... out. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't have given hey, someone's got to, of a laugh. Someone's got to do the funny stuff. Oh, jeez. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, before we we'll move on from that, but uh, price at ninety point six or ninety one, if you round up eight hundred and two thousand. He's twenty four years old, so on the other spectrum of the age, he is someone who last couple of seasons has put up some good averages and I wanted to um I was diving into sort of see how he went when uh Himmelberg was playing in the forwards versus when he was playing with Himmelberg in the backs and, and how that affected him. And um, I, I thought I thought there'd be a bigger difference. There actually wasn't too much of a difference. He averaged ninety two um in the first sort of part of the season before Himmelberg moved back to defence and then yep. ninety when Himmelberg was in there. So only a two point difference and when you're um, priced at 91, obviously that splits the middle. So couldn't really find a distinct 
um, uh, thing there. The only thing I did find is that the ceiling or the floor, I should say, was uh, decently lower when yeah, when out. Himmelberg was in there. Yeah, okay. um, so he had a couple of sc- scores in the 60s. I think his lowest score was 60, was 60 whereas yeah. he never dipped below 70 before uh, Himmelberg moved to defence. So okay. the early report so far is Himmelberg is going to be training with the forwards and playing a bit more up the ground. Yeah. So I think that leaves coming as sort of the designated um, uh, player off half-back, and we know when yeah. those those systems, if we are to believe that the, the coach coming over is going to implement a bit more of that fast-paced direct footy. We've seen in those Richmond uh, game styles, the Collingwood game styles, the Dacos, Basha Hoolies, the Jaden Shorts, those are the players that uh, Tom Stewart, if we're talking about Geelong, those are the players that can still thrive. Yeah. Um, and if he's out and out, un sort of questionably the guy back there with Himmelberg up forward, then I still think he has a bit of upside. And being as young as he is, um, I think that he does still present a little bit of upside. Again, like a Tom Stewart, I don't know if it's enough, um, but it is someone that I am still watching and I still think he will improve going into So it'd be very season. much dependent on, on what you see in the preseason with him as well? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's, um, you know, we're talking about undervalued players. And he will yeah. be, I don't think he'll be very highly owned. I think he'll no. be at a bit of a point of difference if you were really interested in doing something like that. Yep. But I also think that whilst there is value, as the question is, is there enough value? And um, and I don't necessarily think he's going to be pushing like the, the 100 mark or anything like that, but mid-90s, I, c- I could definitely see him do. I mean, he took 129 kickouts last year, or kick-ins, um, and played on 90% of the time. Yeah. yeah I'd like, so- like to see him play on 100% of the time. <laughs> um, but that's positive as well. Next best was Himmelberg with 56. So I guess that, that kind of influences that as well, as if we it see does. Himmelberg go, going down back, then he's another potential to steal kickouts from him. So as much as people might say, oh, you know, kickouts, what difference do they make? If, if a bloke has five kickouts... Game and he leaves the square. There's 15 points. Hey, yeah. happy days. <laughs> I'll go. take 15 points. Yeah, 100%. So, <laughs> so we'll, an extra one or two a game, there's already you're boosting your score by three to six points. So. Exactly. So, I think it's something to look at. So, like Mitch said, if he's the big dog down there, um, he's taking the kick ins and, and he's waxing off half back, then yeah, he's a guy that presents value. And, and uh, to me, just watching him the last couple of seasons, there was, uh, I think we all picked him a few years ago. I had him uh, two years ago where he really broke out. He was sort of like a league winning pick. Yeah. Um, but, He's 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 developed and improved really really a lot as a um, as a decision maker as someone who's kicking uh, efficiency. I don't have the stats right in front of me to, to back that up, but just from the eye test, he looks more confident in his ability to to have a bit more of a penetrating kick um, and and make more use of it instead of just sort of bombing it down the line. I think he's very much improved in that. And if we can continue to see that happening at age twenty four, um, I think that he's a guy that they might want the ball in his hands a bit more and look for him a bit more. Um, if he's going to be that that unquestioned guy back there uh, with Himmelberg moving forward. Yeah, I think you mentioned the eye test there as well, Mitch, and, and we mentioned this in the previous pod. The the eye test is something that I think is still still has a place in fantasy. I think um, so too. Despite yeah. all the stats flying at us, especially with a new coach, if we're watching him and just seeing how he goes about getting his points, um, you know, is he in favour with the coach and the game plan and those kind of things? I think that's key. So, I think the other player, I just just looking at the list here, I think the other player that I'm also watching in conjunction with him is Lockie Whitfield. And okay. where is Lockie Whitfield playing? Is he playing on the wing? Roaming is the entire ground, or is, or is he, year, he down back and switching a little bit with Himmelberg? Oh, it, it, they're, they're they're obviously a very question mark heavy team, um, yeah, but are, I think yeah. Cumming could be one of those guys that potentially, if we if in twelve months time we look back and he had a career best season, average ninety nine points this year, I wouldn't be a hundred percent shocked. I wouldn't be. It would be a hot take from you then, Matt. 
I don't know if I'm ballsy enough to go out and put it. I think I've got him at 94, 95 at okay. the moment. Okay. Um, but it wouldn't but shock you. It if wouldn't shock high. me if he if he's close to that 100 mark. Yeah, I haven't heard too many people talking about him. So, um, yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah, have, have a look at him. Have a look at him. I will, I will. Okay, is it my turn? Yeah, let's throw it over to you. Who's your next guy? All right. Now, this is a guy that there's quite a few people talking about. Uh, but I just, I don't know whether Mitchell be high on this guy. And I also don't know how much value um, there is there. But this is James Sicily. Okay. From the Hawks. So it's the first player that we're going to talk about that's not on my list. Okay, yeah, right. and I thought that might be the case. So he's uh, uh, valued at 96.5. Just confirm that for us, Mitch. Yeah, 96.5. Check that one. I've got him. Yeah, 96.5. Now, yeah. I was 854,000. I was kind of like tossing up with this guy. Do I think there's a heap of upside? No. Do I think there's potential for some upside? Yes, so he's he'll next year he'll be two years back off his ACL, yep. and he showed last year that really coming back off that ACL um, wasn't a, a great deal of an issue for him. Um, the thing that I think I've been hearing in the fantasy community as well is that Hawthorne Hawthorne are going to suck. They're like, going to be trash. I, yeah. I, I think we all agree Hawthorne. I don't are think that's suck, a so. bold take. No, no, it's not. But it just it means that there's going to be ball uh, for James Sisley down there. So. Um, in addition to, to all the stuff he does with his mark kicks, he takes some kick-ins as well. Um, there's a bloke that I wouldn't mind um, seeing get injured in the preseason, and that's whoa, Blake. Whoa, whoa, that, whoa. That's, hey, that's hey. Blake. Hey, 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 let me justify it. <laughs> that's sicko. That's, <laughs> that's Blake Hardwick because he's stealing kick-outs, yeah, yeah. and I hate blokes that steal kick-outs. So um, Hardwick had 73 uh, kick-outs last year, and Sicily had 69. So if he could uh, maybe run and get the spare ball and do a few, get a few more kick-outs as well, um, that would help his fantasy scoring too. Um, he is a guy that I, I just like the way he goes about it. He, he's an interesting player. Some, he'll be polarizing for some people because he is so intense. He does, um, in, on occasion, get white line fever. But those are the guys from an AFL yep. perspective that you want in your team because yeah. they're first picked every week. You want those guys who uh, bring a bit of grit and determination. Uh, and that comes out in his game style as well. He wants the ball in his hands across half back. He wants to set the boys up. Um, so I think he presents value. Uh, I, I would say that he's going to average around the 100 mark this year. Right, so I think, yeah. there's, I think there's sort of like four to five points of upside there. Um, but whether that's enough upside for you to pick him, that's, um, that's for the listeners to decide. I've, I've got him. He's, he's right in that mix for that sixth defender for me in terms okay. of the top six. I yep. think I've, I've got him projected to basically do what he did last season, maybe a hair back at sort of 95 instead of 96 or 97. Okay. Um, I just... I'm wary of the um, the young uh, nature of this team. They've got a few up-and-coming players that might be getting it better as he's kind of stagnating. Um, you know, there's a lot of players in there that I do like. Jack Scrimshaw, uh, Will Day, I think are players that I really like that I think deserve a bit more opportunity with the ball in their hands. Uh, you've got players like CJ coming in there who are also dynamic. There's, there are actually a few decent young defenders in that Hawks back line. And... Um, I also think that Sicily is prone to sometimes playing a bit of a defensive role as well. He's not always that kind of player that roams free without having to worry about a man, and we like those guys for AFL Fantasy. Um, do you think there's anyone at Hawthorne other than him that can do that? But Like those guys you mentioned, do you think that they're going to be guys that Sam Mitchell goes to and says, hey, we want you to be the quarterback back there? I, I, I think Scrimshaw and Will Day have that potential in them. Okay. Whether or not it's this season, I, yeah. I think, but I do think there is the potential in there for them to do that. Okay. Um, it... it Something that you can watch closely, and I just think that 
you know, he had that enormous game last season as well. I think it was the last the game of the round, 151. 151. I, I don't yeah. see him doing that much at all. I think that might artificially inflate his average just a little bit. He went absolutely bananas in that game. And, uh, I think it was he against has the, the Bulldogs. I have to disagree. I think he has the potential to go big. It, any, any guy that's a mark kick guy has the potential to do that. Wouldn't he, you agree? Like, he does, yeah. Yes, he does. He's, think, he's, got the, he's got the high ceiling, but he's also, I believe, he's got a low floor. Yeah, um, okay. Just, just if he is playing a bit more of that lockdown defensive role, uh, which I, which he has done in the past. Yeah. Um, you know, he's 28 years old, so he's not breaking my my over 30s rule. So that's <laughs> that's good. a hard and fast rule, everyone. By yeah, the way. yeah, we're sitting very hot <laughs> on that one so far. But um, look, I think I think he's. Uh, is he a guy you'd be disappointed if you picked him? I'd put it that way. Let's say if you picked him, are you going to be disappointed by I him this year? I think there's room for it. Okay. I, I don't know if I'd, I... I'm not predicting him to fall away massively, but I think yep. that there is a risk that there is... He, he is playing a bit more of that defensive role. Okay. Um, whereas someone like an Isaac Cumming, like, there's no way he's he's a, a third-tall defender that's going up and, and challenging some of those premium uh, forwards. Whereas I think Sicily does have that potential to do that, depending on the mix of defenders that they're going to have in there. But... Right. It'd be an um, interesting watch. Yeah. Yeah, it is an interesting watch because I know a lot of guys are keen on him, especially with the narrative of Hawthorne's going to suck. There's going to be plenty of ball back <laughs> down there. There's plenty of talk about it. Um, but they sucked yeah. last year. Let's let's be real. Like, what do you mean, Mitch? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, they were, they yeah. were atrocious. They, yeah. they, they weren't the best. So, um, but you know, being one of their more senior players, maybe they do want the ball in his man, uh, hands a little bit more. Yep. Uh, uh, we'll have to wait and see and sort of uh, watch the wording coming out of Hawthorne. Yeah, for uh, sure. We'll watch forward. that closely. All right, mates. Let's. You, uh, you got the next one. Uh, Let's go now. I'm going to break my own rule here. Oh, uh, actually, next, I know who you get. I know who you get. The, the next player I'm going to talk about here is Aaron Hall. Um, <laughs> this is so situational, but isn't it? This, this is, is like this could be throwing a dart against a dartboard. Yeah, but if here. we're talking about value, like of course he presents value. He's underpriced. Yeah, talk, there's no there's no denying he's oh, underpriced. Oh, okay, I've, I've cut you off. You keep but, going. <laughs> but, but can you pick him? Is the question. Now, yeah. if I just took out, if, two, if you want a good night's sleep, the answer is no. You no, can't. Yeah, pick him. yeah, if you value sleep, you're not worried about Aaron Hall, but. There's no question that he, he presents value. Yeah, yeah. Two games last year, he was subbed out early due to injury. If you take out those two games, you can, which you can do. You can oh, do. Yeah, yeah, I have heard that. Um, he averaged 103 points. That would put him uh, second in the league for AFL fantasy defenders um, behind uh, Doherty. Ahead of ahead of Dawson, ahead of Sinclair, just. Um, <laughs> we are being flexible with the stats here. <laughs> I think, what, what did he, uh, 102.9, okay, okay. 102.9 versus 103.1 is what I've got. Throw the stats here. at me. But anyway, he's he's a guy that ultimately is, the ceiling is there. Oh. He, he puts up stats, no he can play junk time, he can, he can. Yeah. he's a bit of a seagull back there. Will his new coach allow him to be? That's my concern, number one, will the new coach tolerate that kind of behaviour? <laughs> Uh, number two is is he is his body going to hold up? Yeah. Number three is he just going to decline a little bit because he's getting older? Like uh, <laughs> if I go back to my rule, how old is he? Thirty two or thirty four? So yeah, he yeah. is an old man. By so your he's standards, um, mate. yeah he yeah he's he's getting up there. So yeah, I've got I've got here just as a dot point. Like he will average a hundred plus if he plays every game and is uninjured. Yeah, like that, I think that's, that's lock it in. Yeah, and and you're pretty hot on the defenders for North Melbourne in Clarko's system too. Like the yeah, those. it depends what system Clarko does choose to play. But historically, um, those guys who can wax off half back and use the ball are right are um, kind of preferred in his systems. There's too much risk, isn't there? And I think There's too many Mitch, question marks Mitch has presented point. him yeah. here, guys. But I think both of us are probably in that camp where we go like, yeah, he's value. He's we not can- in my team right now. No, that's it. We have to acknowledge his value because, yeah, he is. Yeah, but no yeah. we also, you just can't do it to yourself, could you? But it's the kind of move, like, let, let's put it this way. It's the kind of move that if you do it and it comes off, 
you could win the car. Like, yeah, do you know what yeah. I mean? You like, could absolutely win the car. Yeah. I think it's something that, you know, if, if we were to not talk about it, it would, it would, we'd be doing injustice yes. to, to the player and his upside. So I think that, um, yeah. yeah, it's something that we can, we, you know, we, we've got to, we've got to run through it and present the, the data as it is. Exactly. But, um, you know, between his body and his age and <laughs> this, the, the question marks in his role, like there's talk about Taron Thomas playing a bit more yep. halfback. Yep. Um, you know, Luke McDonald's there as well, who yep. started to take a bit more kickings. He got dropped in round 23. Like he didn't make the team in the last mm. round of the year. There's and, so many uh, question marks. So, so he, he's not on the team's current timeline. They're probably not going to be prioritizing him. So, no. um, personally, I don't think you can start with him. Um, all things considered, but, yeah. Chances are he's going to come out in preseason, put a 140 on our heads, and <laughs> we're all going to be thinking about yeah. it. And we're all going to be tempted. So right. I, I still think that he is someone that, um, yeah, we, we definitely should at least uh, have a conversation about. Yeah, you're right. And and if anyone has big enough kahunas to pick him and wins the car, then I'll take my hat off yeah, to take him your hat because off. Yeah. That's, um, that would just be a great pick. But yet to be seen. Yeah, yet and, and the seen. other thing, so, uh, some people, uh, shout out to the, the coaches panel guys, their, their big thing is if you're if you want if you're tempted by an injury-prone player, you've got to start them because every game that goes past into the season, the injury, the likelihood they're going to get injured uh, only increases. Yeah. I don't know if I necessarily subscribe to that logic, but um, well, there you, is you, that. You're probably qualified to say that. You're an exercise physiologist, so uh, you yeah, know, I know think, the body I better think, than most. Yeah, I think that... Um, if, if you're fit and you're healthy, you're fit and you're healthy. Okay. Um, I, I, I don't necessarily think that um, the more time goes... Like, I mean, it's 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 all a bit up in the air. You yeah, know, we can, hamstrings we can, are a bad one too. Way. Like, coming from personal experience, if you've got bad hamstrings, you've got bad hamstrings. Yeah, so. it, it can be a tricky one that, that definitely rears its head. And, uh, yeah, well, the, the data would definitely suggest previous soft injury injury uh, makes it more likely you're going to have another uh, yep. soft injury injury. Uh, let, let's move on to your next one here. Uh, take us through. Who have you got? Okay, I have a Swans backman um, that is uh, I don't think there's much value there but I think that um, there's the potential for value um, you know if he has one of his better seasons so this guy breaks Mitch's rule as well he's 32 years old and I know that Mitch actually had him in his team um, last year and it was a little bit of a roller coaster at points so Jakey Lloyd is uh, valued at 91.2. And he always feels like a guy, I don't know if you feel this way as well, Mitch, but he's a lock to be like a, you know, top 10 to 15 defender every year. If you pick him, you've got like a safe kind of 91, 92. You're not, uh, he takes kickouts. Um, he plays on every time. Uh, but is he a guy that you pick who can win you the car? If he has one of his better seasons this year, I think he can be a top six defender. So I think there's a little bit of value there for Jake Lloyd. He's shown in previous years that he can go over a ton. Uh, I think that he could have a season where he averages sort of like 95, 96. So that would be kind of four or five points of upside. Um, Is he one that I'm going to be picking? Uh, I don't know if I'd feel good about it. Your your thoughts, Mitch? Yeah, I think. Look, if you if you're going by seasons past, he's probably one of the premier defenders in the comp in terms yeah. of AFL fantasy. 2020, he really blew up in those shortened quarters. Uh, if we play the adjusted average game, he was up there in 110. Year before that, 107, uh, and another hundred in 2018 as well. So he's had runs on the board as that sort of uber number one premium uh, defender in the comp. I think that the responsibility and the change in the um, 
aspirations of the of the Sydney Swans has affected a player like jo- uh, uh, Lloyd. Yeah. When when they're up and about, they're they're playing a bit more aggressive and fast paced footy. He's someone that maybe falls away as a result of that. And also, uh, the lizard has also emerged yes, last season and took has. a lot of his kick in responsibilities. So I think yeah. he was down at fifty four percent. Yeah, that's or there, it. So thereabouts. Stats on the kick in. So. Um, uh, 113 kickouts for Lloyd last year. Um, there's only six times that he didn't play on, which is good for well, coaches. He loves to play it on, yeah. He does love. For sure. But then, like you said, Blakey had 100 kick-ins. And guess how many times Blakey played on? Was it 100%? It was 100 times. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think I remember seeing that as well. So, so. He, he, yeah, he's still in some kickouts. Talk a little bit about your personal experience because I know there was a little bit of a roller coaster with Lloyd. So there were like games where yeah. he would have a low score. He'd come out and put on 50 in the last quarter. So like talk, talk yeah, about how so that I, is I got coach. him in. I got him in halfway through last season because I thought there was potential for a bit of value. He was also kind of that kind of that guy that I um, he was sort of the best that I could afford at the time, and I thought sort of he you has. Don't feel happy about those. I trades didn't, sometimes, I didn't hey? love the yeah. trade, and I know upon reflection, if yeah. I traded out another player, I could have got in uh, Sinclair, but we won't talk about that. Um, <laughs> and uh, but he he did come out. I think there was a few games I had him for his big. I think his ceiling score was one hundred and fifty or one hundred and forty or odd uh, was his ceiling score in round fifteen, one hundred and forty one. Uh, but the week before, he put up forty eight points. So yeah. roller coaster of emotions for me back then. Um, <laughs> But yeah, he definitely is someone that can save his score or really balloon his score in the final quarter if the game's in hand and they're chipping it around. Yep. Um, but how often, again, if we refer back to that conversation with Tom Stewart, I don't love having a player that I'm relying on that to, to really get their scores. Yep. And, um, you know, again, he's, he's getting up there, 29 years of age, so I don't necessarily think we're going to see his best from him um, at age 29. So uh, I think as a starting option, I'm probably fading him. I had him on my list with a little asterisk next to his okay. name. So he, he was, was kind of on the borderline there, there just yeah. because of the history. Um, but I think that I'm not expecting the Jake Lloyd of old to come back with you know Sydney up and about and trying to push for finals and, and, and win the whole thing. I think that they are... They want the ball. They've got a few other players that can, they can put the ball in their hands in yeah, now. Good, than use, they did, good users, good users as well. They did before, yeah. So, um, all right, you're up yeah. next. Who you got, mate? All right, let's uh, let's go in. There's a few other guys that I am really considering that we haven't talked about yet, and uh, I'll leave, I'll leave maybe your boy for for you know uh, you know who my last boy I, is. I, I think I have an idea. My last boy. Um, so I think I'm going to start here with Hayden Young of the uh, the Frio Dockers. Well, you do like young players. Oh, geez, here we I'm go. on fire today. Okay, so Hayden Young. How do I only have 35 Twitter followers? <laughs> this is the kind of gear you're missing out on, boys. Um, but yeah, Hayden Young priced at, what is he priced at this year? Uh, priced at, as I just scroll through my little notes here, priced at 87.7, so nearly eight, 776,000. Yep. He is 22 years of old, so young, young. Um, <laughs> and I think that he is emerging as the guy that they want the ball in the hands in at Frio. Before in seasons past, that uh, was a Luke Ryan. Yep. Um, but if we look at after his buys and including the um, the finals, Hayden Young averaged uh, 92 after the buys. And if you include the finals that they were in as well, yep. which is obviously uh, more than five points higher than his uh, price stat figure. So I think that there is a little bit of room to grow. How much is the question? Could he be that guy that busts out and, and, and goes close to 100 and they really just look for the ball? Because Freo does like that little they bit possess, of... Chip, yeah, they, they do they chip it around a little I was bit, just so. thinking that as well. But so, you, you mentioned Luke Ryan, and, and so Luke Ryan does do some waxing back there. But interestingly for Luke Ryan, he's never been 
um, a huge fantasy scorer, but I know that he does score really well in Super Coach. Yeah, he's a, he's a bit better of a, a defensive presence. He's like we were talking about with Sicily before. He's yeah. that kind of guy that will guard a guard when forward required, and when he? required. Yeah, Whereas Hayden yeah. Young, even though he he is actually a good defender in in pure defensive he's chat as well, but he back, is he? his yeah. value is more so that run and carry and yep. and, and um, designated kicker in my eyes, yep. and I think that. Now that they've had a bit more experience going to the finals with Frio, yep. um, and he's shown the ability to step up in those situations, I think that the team will be much more um, uh, comfortable with letting him have a lot of the ball there. And I think that so I've got him points? projected at about 92, 93. But okay. it w- again, it wouldn't be, he'd be one of those guys that it wouldn't surprise me if he takes a real step forward and goes high 90s, uh, potentially even reaching about 100 mark. So, what's because, he got? Um, so how many points of upside are you suggesting? So he's at yeah. So he's at ninety seven and a half, ninety eight. So I'm, there's, there's probably only like four or five points that I can confidently lock in and say that I think he's got that upside. 80, 87 and a half? 87, uh, 87.7 I think I've got yeah. here. So okay, yeah. So you yeah, said so, just over ninety. So right now, when I compare to another young player that we're going to talk about in a second, I probably yeah. have him on a back seat, but I am very much comparing him and uh, and the Dacos boy, which I'm sure you're going to yeah. bring up later. And he, um, it's, as, it's as tough, sort of when that, you, that, tough when you're being compared to Nick Dacos. Yeah, yeah. And, and he he is definitely in consideration with me in terms of that D2, D3 kind of spot because I yep. think that, um, you know, that, that age 22, that breakout year could really be around the corner. Um, his price makes it a little bit hard, but prior to last season, he like he's only played... 33 games of footy. Like, he's he's not reached 50 games. He'll play 50 games if he's healthy this season. So There's a notion um, as well yeah. in the AFL that once players get to that 50 games, that's kind of a, a point where they're feeling comfortable. They've, they've got a bit of an eye for the level, and that can be a point where they really break out. So uh, definitely a valid name on the undervalued list. I think there's a little bit of value there. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm seriously... I, I, think that he is someone that I'm seriously watching in the preseason and how much they want to use him, how much he's taking the kick-ins, because that's the other thing. Luke Ryan took a lot of those kick-ins. Yeah, yeah. I think that there's a chance for that to switch as well. He's got a booming left foot, so I think that he's definitely someone that I see pretty serious upside in. So big uh, preseason watch for me, for Hayden Young. Perfect. Should we talk about uh, Mr. Dacos? Let's do it. Is he is he your last one that you want to talk about, or have you got yeah, anyone else? Yeah, he's, he's the last one that I okay. had flagged here. And I think he... With last Dac- one on my list, too. Okay, well, with... With Dacos, you've got a whole host of reasons why maybe you shouldn't pick him, and I reckon you've got a whole host of reasons why you should. Now, I'm in the should camp, but let me sort of present why there might be people out there who say that there's not as much value in Nick Dacos. So, with what he did last year, I think it, we'd all agree that coaches, opposition coaches, just started paying him more attention. Yeah. Now, was, what, yep. what level of attention that is, is probably dictated by team, isn't it? We've got teams in the league that they just won't tag. They yep. won't play a run with role. And, I mean, as fantasy coaches, we love that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but you also have coaches out there who will go, hey, we're going to clamp this bloke off halfback. Especially, I think, if he plays halfback, they'll look to clamp him. Um, how much does that affect his scoring? We'll have to sort of wait and see. He got he got tagged a couple of times this year, um, but he'll certainly be better for that, if you know what I mean. Like, yeah. he's going to have seen what does that look like now. Um, but that's that's one of my points in the why not. He's going to get more attention. Um, so even if coaches don't necessarily go with a specific tag to Dacos, he's going to be one of the players that is on the game footage. He's on the you, game plan. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, he's on the yeah, game yeah. plan when you come to play Collingwood. So even if we don't say, hey, we're specifically going to tag Nick Dacos there's going to be guys with their eyes on Nick Dacos. You're looking for him. You're making sure, okay, yeah, I know where this guy is at all times because he's dangerous. Yeah, and the last the last thing that I've got on the why not list is one that a couple of people have flagged as well is with Tom Mitchell 
coming in. We know Tom Mitchell is going to play in the midfield. Does that then take away some um, potential midfield time that everyone's kind of talking about for Dacos this year? Mm. So I don't necessarily think that one's too bad because if he plays off half back, I think he still racks it up as well. Yeah, I but agree. That's, it's just another little question mark is with Mitchell coming in. What he, are your is, thoughts? he is a very interesting one, and I think he's going to be very popular. Yeah. So I think I think it's it's important with some of these really popular players to. So not just go with the crowd and go, oh, yeah, Nick Dacos, yeah, 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 let's yeah. do it. He's, he's, he's young, he's value or anything like that. Let's really critically analyse, like, is he actually value? How many, how many times do these number one or number two picks, like, in their second year really blow up? Um, and, uh, and what are the, what are the reasons to why? So the, the, the thing, if I go into his four column, he's got a big ceiling and he's already shown that so yeah. far. Had 147, um, in, as his career high against the Crows last year, uh, put up 40, 40 disposals, uh, five tackles, three marks, kicked three goals, which is, uh, which is pretty crazy in that game. So he can do a lot of it. He's not a massive tackler, which is something that I, I'm not sure if I, I really love. And yeah, also, he's have... got a bit of a low floor. Okay, yeah. He's a young player. So no, he does, which is, that's natural, isn't it? I don't, I don't um, have too many stats on throughout his junior career, but in the position that he's playing last they year... They were good. Let me, let me put it that way. Okay, yeah. It, so... <laughs> Uh, in terms of tackling, I mean specifically. Yeah, so, right. like, his position last year really doesn't lend itself to tackling too much. Yeah, He's playing no. outside. They want the ball in his hands. If he does go into the midfield, I'm interested to see what type of midfielder is he. Is he going to be an outside running midfielder, get the ball in his hands? Is he going to be a little bit of, bit of an inside midfielder, a bit of both? So, that will be interesting to see as well. But the other po- thing that I've got in the four column too to build on um, what you were saying is if you're a player at Collingwood, are you trying to get the ball to Nick Dacos? Oh, 100%. You're looking Shit, for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 If, if you look, he's in easily in the top three users at Collingwood and he's in yeah. his second year. So that lends itself to, to fantasy scoring. And I also don't think Craig McRae's just going to let him get shut out of a game. No, like, he's, let's say he's, he's going to look after him. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, let's say yeah. he's getting tagged. I just feel as though... Um, Fly's going to say, okay, let's try and get him in the middle. Let's try and... Yeah, let's, let's switch it up yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it just doesn't I think we already did see coach. that a bit last year where she played a little bit forward as well, which, again, my ears pick up and I, that's not the best for fantasy, but, yeah. you know, he had that game where he kicked three goals. So he yeah. is effective in, in those things. They're willing to try and shake the tag They're willing, yeah. So so you yeah. could look at that two different ways and say, okay, is he is he... Does he not have a role or anything like that? Or you could look at it and like they're looking after him and they want to make sure that he's yeah. involved in the game in some capacity. So, yeah. And my last point I had in the fours column was the kid's just a gun. Yeah. So. <laughs> and it's, you can't underestimate that. Yeah. He, he is just a gun. Yeah. Um, I will throw some more stats out there. He averaged 90 after the bye with the ceiling of that 147 um, yeah. with an increase also to his kick-ins. Um, so he was going at 64% after the buys versus 12% before the buys. Yeah. And uh, he kicked in, he played on 100% of the time. Hey, so that's, that's what boy. we love. That's what we love. <laughs> and I expect that that trend to continue. I think I think yeah. that he will be that 65-70% kick-in kind of guy if he is playing that half-back role, which I, I would have to lean towards him playing that role now more so than, than the centre-bounce sort of midfielder. Yeah. Maybe doing a little bit in there, maybe like a 25-30%. Yeah, they'll, they'll kind of blood him in there, I think. It, that's, maybe a little there's bit. There's no doubt about that, but yeah, I would... Um, Lean the same way as you Yeah, just, just with the Tom Mitchell inclusion. Yeah. They've got a few yeah. other guys that can go in there. Yeah. So to me, that kind of caps his ceiling a little bit. Um, okay. But but right now, and I'm interested to see your thoughts, like I, I see him as sort of that mid to high 90s averaging player would, would be my guess. If he's, if he's gone at 90 after the bye in year one, uh, with a few tags in there as well, yeah, yeah. Um, I think he'll learn from that and improve on that in that one. So to me, he's, he's probably at least that low 90s guy bottom and, and with the upside to maybe get to that that low ton if everything falls right. So he's in that kind of range for me. 
Yeah, I think I came out on the first pod and, and gave it the hot oh, take. Oh, yeah, that's right. You said plus. So I can't go back on, on my hot take. So, I mean, I think we'd all be ecstatic if he averaged over a ton. Um, if he averages a ton, he's a great first uh, starting round selection. Yeah, for sure. Because that, sure. that would put him in top six territory. It, it all depends on how much time other teams put in. It's, it's kind of that balance between, yes, he's going to have some improvement, but now other teams will put more um, time into him. So um, just a great, great pick to watch either way. Um, but, yeah. Hoping yeah. he has a good season, eh? Yeah, uh, here's to that. Uh, let us know what you guys think down in the comments below. Um, drop us down in the comments. Who do you think we have we forgotten? Anyone? Do you disagree with any of our takes? You Remember, think no that, one over 30 for me. Just, just <laughs> do you think Aaron mind. Hall is going to go 22 <laughs> games this year? Uh, who knows? Let's So drop it down in the comments on YouTube if you're listening over there. Uh, make sure you guys are sub- subscribed. We're going to be pumping out talking overvalued uh, defenders next. So a, a lot of players that maybe we didn't talk about today. We'll yep. discuss why we think they're overvalued. And then also some mid-prices and our top six defenders we'll also talk about in our next couple of podcasts as well. So uh, make sure you guys give us a five-star radio on Apple Podcast and uh, see you next time. Bye. MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. From issuance, please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. $5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, three hundred dollars You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earned from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code GAME to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus.